I was so caught up in the job and the KPIs and the metrics that I wasn't absorbing that education for myself. I wasn't going down to that nth degree to really walk away. And I look back through a lot of my life and I've been in those situations where I was around the right people. Education was around me. I just didn't make use of those opportunities. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Dustin Matthews. Dustin, are you ready to rock? I am ready to rock. I love that radio voice, by the way. <laughs> yes. Normally, I sound like this. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have some fun today. I love yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dustin Matthews is the co-founder and chief education officer of WellFit.com, an online learning startup focused on teaching all the stuff you never learned in school about money, investing, and entrepreneurship. He's also the host of the Get Well Fit podcast, where he's had the chance to get inside the heads of top investors and entrepreneurs like Rich Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, racing le legend Danica Patrick, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, Marquise Jets founder Jesse Itzler, seven-time medalist, Olympic medalist Shannon Miller, and SEAL Team 6 leader Rob O'Neill, and many others. Matt, the Dustin, please take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. <laughs> uh, you know, Andrew, I'm, I am very fortunate to be on the show. Thanks for, for having me. In terms of the rest of my life, listen, I'm, I'm just a student. You know, when you, when you hear an intro like that, that's obviously to get the crowd excited, to get the audience excited. But know that I am a student very much in the same game that people that are listening, looking to make that best investment, you know, avoid those bad investments and really just take away things from my life in terms of a fun fact, because I know you want to entertain them too, fun fact is that I was actually born in Okinawa, Japan, and yet I'm now in the United States. Uh, I could still be president. Do you want to take a stab at, at how that's possible, Andrew? Well, you know, I have to say that I cheated because I listened to your podcast oh, and I listened no. to that. But, <laughs> but anyways, I know, for instance, in my case, if I wanted to be president of Thailand, which we don't have a president, we have a prime minister, I cannot because I'm not a natural born citizen here in Thailand. Naturalized citizens cannot be presidents or members of parliament in mm. this country. What about in the U.S.? Well, for me, my carve out is I was born technically on, on U.S. soil, so a military base in another country. It's a carve out sort of rule. Not that they're knocking on my door to have me run, but I always like to say that as a fun fact. So I was actually born in Japan and actually know a little more Spanish than Japanese. My grandmother's not proud of that. My Japanese grandmother's not proud of that, but here we are. And so uh, most people that don't know that about me. All right, so we'll start the campaign now, Dustin Matthews for president, but, but we'll get to that later. So, but now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. You know, I really hope that those that are just getting started in the investment world really pay close attention to this. My worst investment ever was my first 
real home. It was a condo in Florida. And so in Florida, back in 2007, 2008, you literally could buy a piece of property and it would go up $100,000, $50,000, depending on where it was. This was a condo on the water. Seems to be the, the right move, smart move. And the reason why I didn't think this was a bad investment was I had a mentor who had started a company, ironically called Foreclosures Daily, and you'll get the irony in just a moment here. Mm -hmm. And he was teaching me how to buy and sell real estate. And we were teaching others how to buy and sell foreclosure real estate. And so he bought a condo on the water. Well, I'm going to follow in those footsteps. And to give you a little context, Andrew, and everyone listening in, you know, basically, if you had a heartbeat, if you had a pulse, this was the time when they were giving out credit like it was candy. And so here I was, a young buck in my early 20s, and, you know, was making some money at a job at Foreclosures Daily. And so we had a mortgage department. And so everything was just so easy. A mentor that said, do it. We were preaching buy real estate, it only goes up. And heck, we had a mortgage department, so I had an in. So all the stars were aligned. And the advice, so to say, would be like, if it's too easy, this may be a red flag, right? If it lines up all that well, you may want to take a second and do your due diligence and slow the process down. So I would say that's a big takeaway. But for me, I was happy-go-lucky. Real estate does nothing but go up. I had a mentor say, this is smart. It's on the water. They don't make waterfront real estate. All the cliches that you may hear out there or someone may pitch you on were the things that I was hearing. And so I bought this property and I bought it horribly, meaning I bought this on an interest-only mortgage because I never thought that I would stay in there. I was going to do what everyone tells you to do, buy it, live in it for two years, and then move out and go buy a new property, trade up, right? Like, that's the strategy. And so, I'm like, well, if I'm not really going to look for equity, I should just do an adjustable rate mortgage, uh, interest-only, I should say. And so, Basically, what ended up happening was I grew up with a work ethic, like if you do something, you need to make good on it. And so, even in the bad times when the market turned, 2008, I saw property values dropping. I saw my mortgage payment being more than what it was worth. And then eventually, the balloon hit. And so, I had always been instilled, like you make good on your promises. Well, it got to the point I had left that job, that opportunity. I was trying to make it as my own as an entrepreneur. And so, my worst investment ever was me walking away from that property, giving up on it, giving it back to the bank, managed to short sale the property, avoiding, you know, the thing that we used to teach, which is buy foreclosures. And it was a black mark on my name. And so, and my credit report and all that, and it taught me many valuable lessons. And so, the emotion behind the story, like I didn't think this was a bad deal. I thought it was great. Everything around me told me this was a great deal. The emotion though was here I was, I had this amazing work ethic. We, we make good on a word. I was walking away from that. I was the marketing guy at a company called Foreclosures Daily, right? A guy that should know better, right? And here I was almost being foreclosed and being on that list itself. And so the disgrace, having to communicate that to my parents, you know, this was when I was young, I was proud about this. I, you know, communicated that to them and now having to walk away from it, it was disgraceful to me, you know, and it, and it left a big impact for me. So that by far was my worst investment other. And I do have others, but that <laughs> hit me really hard, Andrew. Yeah. Well, that's a great story and a story that a lot of people can relate to, but also there's some people out there that are considering getting into a similar type yeah. of investment. So the next question is, what lessons did you learn? For sure. 
do your due diligence. And I'm, I'm sure this is advice you've heard before. It's so easy to get excited in the hot stock or cryptocurrency when it was like everyone was talking about it. That should be you know, a signal in itself. That's something I look for now. Coming from a marketing background, it's real easy to, to buy the things that we put out in, into the world. And so if a lot of people are talking about it in a positive manner, you may want to slow down. Maybe this isn't the right time. I'm reminded of Warren Buffett's quote, it's too late when everyone generally is talking about it. So I think it's a red flag. You need to look and do your due diligence. You also need to educate yourself. That was the one thing, even though I was there at this company teaching real estate education and investing, I was so caught up in the job and the KPIs and the metrics that I wasn't absorbing that education for myself. I wasn't going down to that nth degree to really walk away. And I look back through a lot of my life and I've been in those situations where I was around the right people. Education was around me. I just didn't make use of those opportunities. And I think a lot of people can relate no matter what field, no matter if they're into investing, they can all relate to. And so big lesson is is educate yourself, put the time in and consult others, other people that don't have a vested interest in your stake. I think those would be my three big takeaways of what I learned. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, listening to the podcast that I listened to of you telling your story back in 2018, the episode that I listened to, one of the things that you said that I wrote down that your original or your origin story for Get Wealthfit was to help founders be more mindful of their investments. Yeah. And it's exactly what you're saying is don't get caught up as founders, as business owners, as people that are super busy don't get caught up in the hype. So let me uh, summarize what I take away from it and then see what you think. The first thing is, I think that lesson is don't get overhyped. You know, first thing is that things can get very hyped up that you could be in an industry where you are hyping up things. That's part of the marketing and sales that's going on around the world. But also some people can come to you and get you hyped up about something and stay cool, take a break, walk away, write it down, those types of things. The second thing I'd say is that this is going to sound a little bit weird, but it's experts are the worst. (laughs) And I'll tell you my experience as a broker, as a stockbroker, most of my career in Thailand is that all of the sales traders and the salespeople and the analysts, they're following the market every single day. They're spinning ideas all the time. And then they get caught up in these ideas and then they jump on this roller coaster. And what I would say is from my, now I don't have the research on this and there may be some good academic research out there that I haven't seen, but I would say that majority of the people that I encountered probably lost more than they made in the stock market over a long period of time because of the overconfidence bias that they had being in the market on top of it, in the flow of information, having access in your case to the, you know, to yep. the mortgage department and all that. So the second thing I would say is experts are the worst. And the third thing I would just highlight from my perspective is you use the word disgrace and you know, losing is painful mm-hmm. and it affects our whole life. It affects the people around us. 
oftentimes people listening to this show will have lost money and they don't want to tell their spouse, their brother, their friend, their sister, their mother, their father. And I think that, you know, one of the things about this show that's so critical is that we want to bring loss out into the open, bring disgrace, frustration, disappointment out into the open to tell people who are listening, it is okay, it is part of investing, is that we will feel embarrassed and all of that. And, you know, that's a big takeaway. So that's my three, don't get overhyped. Experts are often the worst. And remember that it's okay to feel disgraced about what you did or feel shameful, face it and move on. Any comments? That's spot on. I, I would add that my mission about, you know, like being disgraced and, and owning up to, you're going to make some bad investments and just, just own it. That's my mission now. So part of my investment journey was actually building a business prior to this one. And for almost nearly nine years, I put my heart and soul. Entrepreneurs, social media people were saying the word hustle and grind. And so I think there's a lot of romance around building something and selling it for a big payday. You hear these crazy exits, you hear Silicon Valley. That was in my head. And I want to let people know that didn't happen for me. After nine years, I simply walked away, got bought out, I forced, forced a sale. And so I got bought out and I really had nothing. Now, don't get me wrong. I had amazing family. I had experiences. I had relationships in, in the business, but I really think back, gosh, if I had diversified, if I had bought one house a year for nine, I'd have nine cash flowing, potentially rental properties. Or maybe if I had, you know, did my research and invested in some markets, I would have a much more substantial portfolio at this point, but I just never took that time. And so whether you call yourself a founder, you're at work and, and are busy, like make the time, educate yourself. And you don't need a portfolio overnight. You just need to get started and just keep up with it. And that's my big mission today is, is really to bring that awareness to people. That's beautiful. Beautiful. So based on what you learned from this story and what you've continued to learn every single day, because you're a mm -hmm. learner, what yep. one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? And please think about that person out there who's about to make a similar type of mistake that you made. Take the extra second. You may have heard this before, but here's the reality. The deal will always be there, meaning maybe this deal that's in front of you, this amazing opportunity in front of you, maybe that deal won't be there, but I can tell you deals come along and it's so easy. And I want to say this correctly. It is so easy to get caught up into the hype. It's so easy to get caught up into the hyperbole of like, this is a once in a lifetime deal. Listen, I think of Microsoft, just to use some classic examples, you know, people had the opportunity to invest. Then Facebook comes along. I'm missing a couple companies in there. Apple's in, right? So like tech companies are going to be there. The next company is going to be there. The next stock is going to be there. Like it's just the human nature. Like things are going to evolve. We always innovate. And so there's always going to be a new opportunity. So take the time to slow down. Just say, listen, I need some time. Go do your due diligence, whether that's go educate yourself, invest in a course, right? Invest in some of Andrew's courses that he has online or books or go talk to a mentor or both. And so I think that was my big advice. If I could tell myself, listen, is this the right deal for the long haul? Think about it. Is this really what you want to get yourself? Think the long term and slow yourself down. Great advice. And what I found in the podcasts and in all the interviews I've done, the number one absolute most common mistake is failed to do their own research. 
Yep. And so you've highlighted it here. And I like what you said. I've written it down as the deal will always be there. Yeah. Take the time to do your research. So I think great advice. Well, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Ooh, number one goal for the next 12 months. This may sound out of left field in terms of the topics for your show. I love the game. I love investing. I love entrepreneurship. I just love business in general. And so it's real easy for me to get wound up. And I found I'm getting older. As I get older, I should say, it's important to take the time and really invest it in the right relationships. And so I think of my family first, right? Them being a priority, number one. And then two, because I have a family with multiple kids now, my time has gotten finite. Like I never looked at time like this way before. And so really having less relationships, but deeper relationships with the right people. Again, I used to come at this, Andrew, from a lack of abundance, like, oh my gosh, I got to do all these deals. I got to talk to all these people to drum up business. Now it's like, no, there's infinite deals. There's infinite opportunity. I got to pick the right people to align with to do those deals. And I, I'm real conscious deals are, are one thing and business are another thing. But also I take that viewpoint now with my family. If I do this, then I don't get to do this over here. And so I'm real, I'm real conscious of it. So my goal is to be better with my time and have fewer, stronger relationships. Beautiful, beautiful. And 12 months from now, that's going to pay off for sure. <laughs> All right. Listeners, there you have it, another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. I dare you. As we end, Dustin, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. And I want to congratulate you because the number of people that say, no, thank you, Andrew. I don't want to come on that show. I'd rather <laughs> not talk about my losses. Do yeah. you have a show for winners? <laughs> but you came on and you yeah. took your worst investment and now you've turned it in to your best teaching moment. So do you have any parting words for your audience? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I'm honored and I'm grateful that you, a show like this exists, that you put this together. This is why parting advice, whatever your goal is, whether it's investing, build a business, find the love of your life, you know, lose weight, what, you know, whatever your goal is. What I say is this, just do one small action a day. And I should define this. An action can be listen to a podcast, listen to this podcast, read an article, pick up the phone and call somebody, go to a seminar, like just one action towards whatever your goal is. And what happens is over the course of a year, that's 365 actions. And the trick to this is, Oftentimes, it won't take you that long to get to where you need to go because you're building this thing called momentum and you'll surprise yourself. But you can't break the chain. You've got to take one small action a day. Beautiful. And I would just add into that that what we've learned about developing habits is that when you attach a habit, a new action to an existing habit, you have the ability to absorb and use that to do that habit on a regular basis. So for those listeners who want to follow Dustin's advice, I would add to it, take that one action with your morning coffee mm. because that morning coffee is probably a daily habit. <laughs> and if you can say, I'm going to read for 10 minutes, one article or whatever that is, 
try to do it with your morning coffee. And that is one way that you can have it stack and then get that habit done. And I do that every single morning with one of the habits that I'm trying to, you know, implement in my life at the time. So fantastic. I love that. Love yeah. it. Habits with coffee. Well, maybe we've got another <laughs> podcast that we could do there. So we'll leave it at that. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.